Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Tapping Into Crypto podcast. We're here to catch up on all things crypto with me, Ted. Hey, Ted. Hey, Pav. How you going? Good. Thanks for the intro. Nah, no worries, mate. I thought I'd just butcher it like I usually do. Yeah, mate. Bit, a bit worse than usual. Yeah, oh, that's that's standard from you. How, how you been, Pav? Uh, good, mate. Good. What's happening? Cars in the shop. That's no good. Yeah. I okay. catch a train this morning. Yeah. Any, any exciting news? All day. From the weekend? I spent the weekend toilet training a two-year-old, so I mean, I won't dive into that. How's your weekend? There are the details, mate. Mate, it was good. But look, a lot of news happening in the market. I'm, I'm excited to discuss what we got planned for this week. But tell me, what are your thoughts on the market? It's interesting. So we've got the monthly close coming in on Biddy and I guess the whole crypto market in general. So significant to that, we're looking at the moment if price holds where we are to close lower than both June and July. So, I mean, if you're looking at things from a macro perspective and just general candlestick structure, that's usually doesn't bode well for the following month. Not to say it, we could go the other way, but usually this sort of structure you tend to expect September to also go down. So it may not go down as aggressive, but it's definitely suggesting that we could see a bit of a cool off, bit of a sell off. And that's what we've talked about on the podcast before as well. Like usually posts like coin halvening, especially in this part of the market cycle, tend to see a bit of a retraction in the market. So it looks just like we might be seeing that play out. Not seeing any confidence on our macro scale to suggest any volatility to the upside, I would say, just because there's been no clarity around the ETF. There's been no clarity around regulation of crypto, blah, blah, blah. We had all that good news in July and we didn't go any higher. So, I mean, to me, that just means that we're probably going to see a bit of doom and gloom and people getting angry and into a pit of despair and we might go down a little bit lower. Um, how far lower? Don't know. We'll, we'll basically follow it week by week, I guess, is, is the best we could say. Yep. But if everyone's looking for like, when's the next big days for a macro catalyst, you'll have to wait till second and third week of September where we will see CPI in the US. GDP in like Europe and CPI also I think in China and then there's the yeah, infamous FOMC interest rate meeting in the States as well so we'll see mm-hmm. if anything changes I personally don't know what's going to happen as usual but uh, I'll be watching it as usual watching it closely yeah yeah I think it's important to understand that you know we've seen this before in previous bear markets you know just yeah. before that Bitcoin halving hits it's usually like low volatility prices you know no, no real excitement in the market and then bang, all of a sudden yep. that halving happens and things completely change. It's almost lockstep a little bit to the last cycle. It was almost like everyone was in, didn't want to touch crypto for the longest time. After the big sell-off, you get like that mid-cycle run where everyone starts to get interested again. And then just as everyone starts to think, oh, we might be okay, we're going to come up again, boom, it just comes yeah, back down. Yeah. So that, I think that's, you could probably say that's what happened at the start of this year as well. Yep. Totally. So yep, stay with it. Stay, uh, stay listening to the potty and um, we'll keep you posted. But um, Pav, mate, there's some juicy stories to talk about this week. Let's talk about the US. Biden has proposed like crypto tax reporting rules. So bringing this article up from CNBC, look, it doesn't bid well for for the market in general, to be honest, because he's basically proposed that all crypto brokers, is what they're labeling them, have to provide user details to the IRS, which is like the equivalent of the ATO here in Australia. Yep. And what that crypto broker term encompasses is both centralized and decentralized exchanges. And if you don't know, like the point of decentralized exchanges and DeFi in general is it's decentralized and you're basically anonymous on these platforms and 
So DeFi and tax reporting don't go hand in hand. And so I think- Traditionally speaking. Yeah, traditionally speaking. And so, yeah, if these tax laws get put through, it's, it's going to spell a bad bad piece of news for the DeFi industry. Yeah, it looks like it's just the administration's way of forcing people to yeah report their losses, report their gains, right? Like they see, I think, a massive opportunity. I think they're projected, um, what was the number? Something like- Many, many, many. 18, 18 billion. 18 billion, yeah, of potential revenue that they're leaving, like not in their pockets. So I think the call out is if this does pass, it's not valid until the 2026 reporting cycle for US citizens. But um, I mean, that's just a, a bit of an update. I guess if they pass it, it might see a bit of a cascade through and trickle through other countries too to follow suit. Yeah, it's interesting as well from the Republican side. Ron DeSantis, we've spoken about him before. He's one of the leading candidates for the Republican Party likely going up against Trump. He's a big Bitcoin boy. Like he, uh, he's spoken about before how he's, you know, an advocate for it. He's basically come out and said, you know, if he comes into power as, you know, the US president, he's going to end Biden's war on Bitcoin and also toss out the CBDC, which, you know, has been talk of the town in, in a lot of those big countries. Yeah, China's rolled out their sort of pilot for it and the US were looking into it as well. Interesting take, right? Because we've all talked about yes and cdbc's create a bit of uh, i guess spotlight on the crypto space but it's so anti the whole you know element of decentralization and not having to rely on that centralized party it's it's a play for the people it seems yeah i mean he's basically come out and said it's a tool for financial surveillance yeah um and so he's he's not a fan of that and i think being you know within the crypto industry we're not a fan of that either so i don't want to turn this into a political too bad, you know. Uh, podcast, but <laughs> but from a crypto standpoint, I think the Republican Party is more favorable to to follow when yep. it comes to the US election next year. Yep, it's going to be an interesting one to watch. Another news, we've got BlackRock. I know they've been making the news for a lot of reasons, ETFs, etc. But now crypto mining, that's been something they've been slowly investing in in the past couple of months and years. But um, they're at a point now where they've positioned themselves to be the second largest shareholder in four of the five biggest market caps for Bitcoin mining companies. So pretty interesting. I mean, looking into this a bit further, it seems like the biggest plight of some of these, I guess, some of the smaller mining companies is capital and BlackRock has lots of capital. So, I mean, these guys are generally underwater for over a year with mining operations just during the bear market, which is pre-harvening. So Interesting times in the sense that BlackRock is already, I guess, going to be exposing themselves in Bitcoin through other means. And, you know, they're just doubling down in a sense. But yeah. um, I think actually what was interesting is they themselves can't hold Bitcoin. So yeah. this was one of their tactics to... Yeah, I mean, uh, we've seen it. They've got a big position in micro strategy, which yeah. is, you know, heavily connected to Bitcoin. They're actually the number two shareholder for four of the five biggest Bitcoin mining stocks. So you, you just know that they want more and more exposure to Bitcoin without actually directly holding it. I saw a comment here, actually. It's like, I can be an Apple shareholder and never have bought an iPhone. And it's like, it's kind of what yeah. we're seeing at the moment. Sure. Like they're getting exposure to, to the crypto industry, but they can't actually hold it yet. Yep. But I think once that Bitcoin ETF gets approved, if it does get approved, we'll see them dive into actually holding Bitcoin itself. Mm. Yeah, good news, good news out of there. Like I think BlackRock understand, you know, they have a lot of analysts on their team and, you know, a lot of very experienced guys and girls, and they're basically stocking up before what we think is the next bull market. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's happened before, and I guess these guys are putting them in a position to make the most of it when it happens again. So mm -hmm. it's good stuff. Yeah. Other news, I guess we've seen some more movement on the X.com front. I know you've been a massive fan of that rebrand, Ted. 
<laughs> I don't know if I'm a massive fan of the rebrand. I think building a huge brand like Twitter and, you know, having like tweet as an actual word in the dictionary, I think it was incredibly stupid to just like throw that in the bin one day. But look, I, I kind of respect Elon's tenacity when it comes to these things. Like when Elon says he wants to do something and he basically means it's going to happen. So X is his plans with X are essentially to turn it into like this everything app or super app as, as a lot of people are calling it that we've seen in China, particularly with WeChat. You know, yep. a super app encompasses everything from social media to payments to streaming to delivery to everything. Like imagine combining Twitter with Uber with PayPal, with all of these things. So, well, yeah, we've got a tweet up here from Charles Gasparino. He's a Fox analyst, Fox in the US, that is. So, in weighing the future of X as possibly a credit card company with bankers, Elon Musk was particularly impressed that Visa has a higher market cap than JP Morgan, which is a bank, and that he could eat into this transaction business by charging less and monetizing user info. Yeah, that was interesting, the idea of monetizing yeah. user info. Yeah, I thought it all sounded good until he said that. Do you understand what that could mean? Uh, no, but I mean, I'm sure some details will emerge if that's the route they go down. But I mean, I guess the one thing we all know, as much as no one wants to talk about it, we're constantly being peppered for our personal information. So be it on your phone, be it by something you sign up for, there's more that's known about you by someone else than ever before, right? Yeah. So it sounds like Elon's looking to double down on this to say, look, this is happening anyway. You might as well monetize it. Yeah. So the end news is not left with nothing. Yeah, but again, don't actually know what that means. Mm. Um, I know, like for example, when I used to work in retail, loyalty programs—they're all about sign someone up, track what they purchase, give them points. But mm. more importantly, are understanding the purchasing behavior of that person, that age group, that demographic, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So this could just be that wrapped up a little bit potentially. I don't know if I have to speculate. That's kind of like my thoughts. Oh, makes sense. Yeah, and he's also—you know—this Charles Gasparino has also put out another tweet saying that Elon's having conversations with top Wall Street executives on the future of X. And basically, they seem to be settling on a newfangled payment system similar to PayPal. And yep. it kind of goes hand in hand because Elon was part of the original PayPal group, which was called X.com, was it not? It was headed that way. And then he got ousted from the company while he was yep. on holiday. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like this is his revenge plot that's finally come true. <laughs> Retribution. And um, I guess, I mean, yeah, it's cool and all, but like, what does this mean for the crypto market? We're a crypto podcast. Like, like I think he keeps saying about like, X.com is always Dogecoin friendly. So, I mean, if they yeah. get down this route and everyone's looking for a reason for that to go. I mean, in. that is the prophecy, right? Like yeah. he's always said, like he wants the biggest meme coin to become like the true currency of the world. Yep. So I think, yeah, X.com will incorporate payments, probably fiat payments and crypto payments alongside each other. So yeah, the ones you'd probably think of there are Bitcoin and Dogecoin. Ethereum is probably a bit expensive, you know, transacting. Just depends how they do it. Yeah, but there doesn't seem to be any indication that he wants to venture down like the layer one blockchain route. And, yeah, you know, like this could just be a Web2 application. Yeah, it kind of sounds like he's putting together a Web2 app yeah. and incorporating payments, crypto payments, that is. So yeah. so one to watch, I think Elon, you know, how he is with Dogecoin. I think that's probably the front runoff if they were to incorporate some sort of crypto token yeah. within it. They've already come out and said they won't release their own X token. So. Yeah, right. Leave that up to the social community to make a couple of X token spinoffs. I think there already has been, and it pumped like a ridiculous <laughs> amount. So, yeah, that's pretty standard from the crypto market. Ted, in other news, I'm sorry, mate. I'm going to have to. Are you, are you sitting down for this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Make it to me. All right, mate. I know you just going to ruin your day, but um, BitBoy will no longer include Ben Armstrong. I know it's going to cut you deep. <laughs> so, what you're saying is BitBoy have cut ties with BitBoy. So, yes. 
<laughs> I, when I saw this headline, I was like, what the hell? Like, isn't BitBoy his own brand? Like, he built it up to what it is today. Like, yeah, he's a bit polarizing and a lot of people hate him, which, you know, understandable. He used to pump absolute shit coins. Yeah. But at the same time, how did they move forward without him? Like, he was the number one crypto YouTube channel at one point. They could just rebrand at X.com. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> that would be nice. Wouldn't it? But yeah, lots had come out about this. I think everything could potentially just be speculation at this stage, but there was a comment from someone, a spokesperson of the company, basically saying they cut ties with him surrounding substance abuse and financial damages to employees. So don't know the direct details of what that means, but essentially something to do with the recent relapse that he had broken. So, I mean, that's never easy for anyone. So obviously thoughts and wishes with his family no matter who you are that's still not nice to go through i think it's i don't know he was pumping that ben coin yeah that was pretty bad a lot and it's yeah it wasn't a good look he's also like i'm not a fan of him but i like to you know follow him on socials because he's quite entertaining and he just saw like you know he let a lot of the fame and the wealth go to his head he was buying lamborghinis he was wearing gucci he was doing all this stuff and he was just like he was ranting a lot he was like following when sbf was like jumping around wasn't he like trying to track him down yeah yeah yeah. and sbf and supposedly sbf was scared of BitBoy and like oh my god that's BitBoy. it's like bro this guy does not care about you yeah but uh, look, all the best to him, all the best to the BitBoy crypto YouTube brand. I don't know where they're going with that, but um, well, <laughs> there's enough crypto YouTubers out there. Yeah, that have. Nah, well, and I'll make sure to keep you level-headed when you're, you know, at the top of the charts, mate. Okay. Well, I haven't bought any Gucci yet, but once we start making some money from this, tell. I'll be right in there. Other news, Pepe in the spotlight, I guess for not the best of reasons, but I mean, it's funny who you talk to about this. Everyone's kind of got a different opinion. $16 million basically unethically taken out of the project by the founders. So, I mean, a lot of people sort of look at this one and say, well, what did you expect? It's a meme coin. says literally on the front page, this is not anything of value. It's just for fun. Yeah. So, I mean, what's your thoughts on this? Look, kind of a bit disappointing to see. I know a lot of people held Pepe, yep. despite knowing that it is, you know, provides no value but like just you know speculating on it Mm. but i guess the founders they were in it to make a bit of money they've gone and done that so they took a bit of a cut yeah it's interesting because we didn't see this with shiba inu or dogecoin so i don't know it's one of those things like do you think pepe has a future with the founders you know holding so much of that market cap it's hard to say i think we'll know obviously over time right now is like a risky time to probably be have exposure to it because you just don't know how this one's going to fall i mean they've come out of the traps and said that they acknowledge what's happened they're doing their best to basically remove access from those unethical former members so the other part of this all is to like everything's pretty much on the blockchain it's all tracked so i do wonder if this again will come back to haunt the people that yeah did sort of do the wrong thing here but i mean when you look at it sort of zooming out a bit there's 15 mil taken out that's currently less than one percent of the market cap so I mean, they're sort of saying that this is a reason why the token tanked 15%. It wasn't necessarily from the sale of the 15 mil. It was probably just the sentiment shift and yeah. everyone sort of panicking and selling. Yeah. But look, I think this would be a real interesting time to see if the meme coin game is strong enough to come back from this. I would just sort of exercise caution with everyone, making sure they don't have more risk than they're willing to put up on something like this. Yeah. I think if we see like Dogecoin run and their potential next bull run, yeah. we're going to see Shiba Inu probably pepe run as well yeah if it's still here like we, that's what we were calling for like this will just be the same narrative all over again just a different coin right you'd think so you think yeah. so i can't see it changing anytime soon yeah i think meme coins there will be a narrative and you know sometime in, over the next year that's crypto baby that's crypto um you can't change it can't 
All right. Well, that's pretty much the news for today, but we just wanted to touch on something that's close to home. So for anyone that's like a Swift X user, you might have noticed that a lot of the banks are putting restrictions on deposits into crypto exchanges. Mm -hmm. So we've been impacted a little bit by this. I know CBA in particular have put a 10K monthly deposit limit on crypto exchanges and also a 24-hour hold for deposits in some cases. So I think we saw this initially play out when Binance were debanked back in June. And this was like pretty much related to high rates of fraud. And as a knock-on effect, we've seen banks impose new restrictions on deposits. So one thing I do want to call out here is like a couple of weeks ago, we saw the big dip in Bitcoin and, and a lot of users were looking to you know buy the dip, but there was restrictions from their banks and so they couldn't get in in time. So yeah, despite us, you know, putting a big focus on fraud and anti-money laundering and having a team dedicated to preventing scams, yeah, it is a knock-on effect from other exchanges that don't yeah. do that as much. So we are caught in the crossfire a bit, but there are some ways around it. Like, you know, we still offer Stripe payments via card, which, you know, have a little bit of a higher fee to deposit, but you can, if you are looking to deposit a little bit more than that 10K a month, like we can go up to 15K a day on Stripe payments. Yeah, another thing you can do is just have a chat to other people in the space. Like there are some smaller banks, neo banks. Like I know we're both with ING, mm -hmm. don't have any problems there. Yep. I've got another account at NAB, that one does have problems. Yep. So it's just about doing, unfortunately, a bit of homework at the moment. Like it is annoying exactly like you said, like those yeah. sort of flash crash days like in crypto, like a lot of people even DCA, like that's their potential buy signal. So I think this is just one where everyone's just got to be in the same boat. Just watch, make sure if someone at the bank's telling you you can't do it, just also given your opinion too like uh, you, you know a lot of people i think seeing on twitter and facebook right now in the groups like they're all saying they're leaving the banks for yeah. more crypto friendly banks so i mean that's gonna sort of catch up with everyone at some point hopefully to make some change i think so i think yeah. so i don't see it changing like anytime soon like the banks have been given kind of like strict orders that they Pretty need much. to reduce their fraud rates yeah. when they saw crypto exchanges as a big avenue for that particularly because people were, were finding you know these too good to be true scenarios and then transferring their crypto to exchanges and, and that sort of thing so it, it's good that they are trying to prevent that but i'm not sure if you know this heavy-handed approach is the is the right way to go about it but it's a fast win for them i guess but um exactly. I, I know like if you look back historically too like recessions in general not that we're in a recession but these economic downturns they are usually when you see your heightened levels of fraud like outside of crypto anyway so mm. i mean when you look at these businesses like yes this is a crypto-based approach but it's probably one of the few measures that they could take that's outside of all of the other fraud they're dealing with to try and reduce the load potentially. Yeah. Still annoying, but um, what can you do? Very annoying. Anyway, guys, uh, we might wrap it up there. If you have any questions, just hit us up on social media, tapping into crypto on Instagram, and we'll catch you next week. See you, Ted. See you, Pav. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon. 